Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Bigger Picture, and today we are focusing on the Australian elections coming up tomorrow. So, Australians will be casting their ballots in a federal election, and polls are indicating a tight race that could see the opposition Labour Party returning to power after nine years of a conservative coalition government led by the Liberal Party. And this is all in the backdrop of a lot of issues. You've got the rising cost of living around what's happening with Ukraine, also national security with what's in focus, China. So let's get the bigger picture from Shane Oliver. He is the head of investment strategy and chief economist for AMP Capital. Morning, Shane. How are you doing today? I'm oh, good, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing great as well, Shane. It's always great to have a chat with you because you are on top of things and pretty much you are on top of what's happening with the elections. All the issues coming out from Australia. This is something close to your heart, of course. What first is going to be the main issues that voters will be grappling with and thinking about as they head to the polls? Well, the main issue is the cost of living, which, as in many countries, has surged lately with higher inflation numbers, and so that's causing a lot of angst. And then, of course, there's a bunch of issues around that. Climate change, uh, many in Australia are, are of the view that the government hasn't done enough to um, head towards net zero or not, not heading to net zero fast enough. And there's also issues around integrity. Normally, it's a race between the two mm. major parties, Liberal National Party Coalition, and, of course, the Australian Labor Party. But this time, you've got a bunch of independents in what would normally be safe Liberal seats trying to get voters' attention as well. And they seem to be polling reasonably well. So it's going to be an interesting election, A, in terms of whether one of the major parties get enough seats to form government, and B, if they don't, how they form government with these independents. So it's certainly going to be interesting. Mm. In the last few days, the polls have tightened a little bit. Labor was ahead 55% to 45%. Uh, Those polls have tightened up to something like 51% to 49%. So it's become a bit closer on a two-party preferred basis. Yeah, Shane, you pointed out the rising cost of living, one of the top concerns. So how different are the economic policies for both parties? Well, funnily enough, they're not radically different. Three years ago, there was a huge difference. Labor was promising a bunch of tax hikes across a whole range of taxes and much bigger government spending, particularly on health and education. That didn't go down too well with Australian voters who didn't like the idea of paying more Mm. taxes. And so the coalition was returned. So this time around, the Labor Party's been running a small target policy. Most of the difference is actually on climate change. They're more aggressive in terms of reducing emissions by 2030 and also integrity, spending a bit more on childcare and health. But at a big macroeconomic level, in terms of taxes and overall spending, they're, they're not that much different. Mm, so we've got incumbent Scott Morrison in one, on one side and opposition Anthony Albanese um, from the opposition Labour Party pretty much fighting out to become the leader of Australia tomorrow. Lay out for us the challenges for the next Australian government, Shane, and how likely are they to tackle issues like you know, approaching China, which is Australia's biggest trade partner? Yeah, some might say this is an election which you might prefer to lose if mm. you were buying to win because it, it is at a tough time. We heard yesterday the unemployment rate is the lowest level since 1974. Mm. It's 3.9%, which is fantastic, but things went downhill in Australia in the mid-70s. So we had stagflation. So it's not necessarily a good omen, and we do have these inflationary impressions. I don't think the government or either side of politics is aware of the significance of the pick-up in inflation and higher interest rates. They're not focused enough 
on getting government spending under control. So that's a huge challenge. Obviously, there's ongoing issues of climate change and balancing regional Australia, particularly in coal mining areas where the people are less in, less accepting of the need to do anything or if they are worried about their job versus city voters who want to do a lot more, move a lot more aggressively in getting climate emissions down. And then, of course, as you mentioned, there's the issues of security. We've got a huge trading relationship with China, but in recent times there's been tensions between the two countries. And navigating that is going to be an interesting one for the new government as well. Yeah, Shane, with this election, um, are we expecting any uh, boost in terms of election goodies or anything that they might be promising to lift markets and economy? There's nothing much from the, the Liberal National Coalition. I mean, they did announce some goodies back in the March budget, you know, payments to households to help with cost of living pressures, but not, not a lot. But under, the, under Labor, there is the promise of more childcare subsidies, hopefully reducing the cost of childcare for families. I think that they're saying that more than 90% of families with kids would be better off. So there's that aspect. Um, they're also talking about 20,000 extra university places so that make it easier for kids to get into university. So they're probably the big ones. And also, of course, you know, those mindful of the environment, Labor has committed to reduce emissions a lot faster. And into doing that, they're spending more on electricity and, of course, sustainable electricity, which they argue, and I think I tend to agree with, is ultimately going to be cheaper than using coal-fired stuff. So that should also help. And there's also a uh, under Labor, well, both parties are offering support for first-home buyers under the coalition. If they win, then mm. you might be able to access your superannuation or your retirement savings to finance um, purchase of a home. You've got to put the money back in, though, once you sell the house. And, of course, under Labor, they're offering a shared equity scheme where the government will take up to 40% of the value of the property at the same time as the owner buys in. So it maybe helps 10000 extra people get into homes faster. But none of those schemes are really going to help solve the lack of uh, affordable property in Australia. We have very expensive property in Australia. To some degree, you do in Singapore as well. Mm. Uh, But we don't really have the excuse because we've got lots of land and for some reason we've still got very expensive property. Um, So that's an ongoing problem, but neither side seems to be offering anything to fix that problem up. Yeah, Shane, typically markets like certainty and stability. Would a change of government this time around suggest any big reactions? I wouldn't think so. There may be a little bit of nervousness if Labor wins, but given their macroeconomic policies are fairly similar and I think markets are familiar with Labor in the past and they wouldn't be too fast, so I wouldn't see a huge impact on markets. The main uncertainty would come if, by early next week, neither side of politics have had a clear victory and it looks like they've got to rely on minority or independents to get through. It's unlikely those independents would side with the Liberal National Coalition because their policies sound more Labor in orientation, particularly on climate and integrity. And that would suggest a minority Labor government. And then the issue is to what degree Labor has to sort of tilt to the left mm. or become less business friendly to form government with those independents like we saw with the Gillard government uh, back in 2010. So in that scenario, markets may be a little bit more wary and you may see a bit more weakness coming through. But I suspect that it's not going to result in a radical outcome because most of those independents are not far left or far right. They're sort of pretty centrist beyond climate. So that, I don't think, means a radical response. But you could get a bit of uncertainty in markets if, if no side gets a clear majority by Monday morning. Yeah, Shane, just to quickly wrap things up, taking a step back and looking at the Australian dollar. So we've got 
the Australian dollar is a bit of a proxy for the commodity space, but it's against a rising US dollar as well. Where does this leave the Australian dollar for the coming quarters? <laughs> it, leaves it, it leaves it pretty messy, bouncing around all over the place. Uh, a little while ago, when the Reserve Bank got more aggressive in terms of raising interest rates, it had a you know, sharp rise. And of course, more recently, it's come back down again because of all those worries about the slowdown in the Chinese economy on the back of coronavirus lockdown. So it's had quite a lot of volatility lately. It's currently just above 70 US cents. And as I mentioned, it did get almost a 76 US cents just about, uh, about six weeks ago. Mm. So, And of course, it, recently, it fell to as low as around 68 US cents. So a very volatile ride there. I suspect that if the Chinese growth story improves, if the lockdowns end and you get the stimulus coming through in China, that will be positive for commodities. That will see the Aussie dollar go up, even if the US dollar remains strong against other currencies, which was the story up until recently. The US dollar was strong up until early April. But the Aussie dollar was also quite strong because of that commodity strength. So I suspect ultimately we go back to that scenario, but there's a lot of uncertainty in the short term given uh, the uncertainty about the lockdowns in China and when they will end. Yeah, while swings in the Australian dollar just a few weeks ago was at a near one-year high. So we'll see how this plays out for the Aussie dollar. Shane, thanks for chatting with us. We'll be chatting with Shane Oliver. He's the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Shane, have a great weekend advance. You too, Ron. All the best. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.